What do you give the kid who has everything? Daddy said anything I wanted, anything in the store. For Eric Bates, it was the only toy in his father's store. You know what I want. That wasn't for sale. What you're offering me is not a job, sir. It's an insult, and I'm insulted. Now, Jack Brown has been made an offer he can't refuse. $2,000? That kind of money, if Eric blows his nose, you wipe it. And if he can survive one week with Eric... Was I bad? What you were gave a new meaning to the word bad. He may even find himself a friend. If you want a friend, you don't buy a friend. You earn a friend. Richard Pryor. Jackie Gleason, Ned Beatty, and Scott Schwartz in a Richard Donner film, The Toy. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and I lost some brain cells today watching The Toy, which oh, was nice. released in the US on December 10th, 1982, so we've just passed its 40th anniversary. Um, I have no release date for the UK and Ireland. Alright. So, yeah. It was written by Carol Sobieski and directed by Richard Donner. It stars Richard Pryor, Jackie Gleason, Ned Beatty. Um, Teresa Gonzel, Anazette Chase, and Scott Schwartz. Jimmy and I have thought of uh, three problems the movie has, three each, and we'll discuss them. We also have one positive for the movie each, I assume. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, the synopsis is quite long, I apologize. Yeah, let me, sorry, let me pull it up. Uh... Unemployed journalist Jack Brown is attempting to make ends meet as the night janitor in a ritzy department store owned by Louisiana millionaire U.S. Bates. On his annual visit to his father's store, Bates' pampered son Eric is told he can choose one item in the toy department. To everyone's horror, he chooses Jack. Paid handsomely to spend one week with the troublesome kid, Jack soon discovers the roots of Eric's bad behavior. Uh, first time I ever watched this was today, so what's your history with it? Um, I'm not sure. I know I watched it when I was a kid. I just don't yeah. know if I caught it on TV or if I rented it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of random movies I watched because my uh, local video store had a, they occasionally had a deal where it was like, it was all, it, new releases were excluded, but with the older movies, it was uh, five movies for five days for $5 or seven for seven for seven. So I rented a lot mm-hmm. of weird ass stuff. And I think this might be where I chose it. And I remember kind of liking it, but also even as a kid being like, is this problematic? And I thought it was going to be more problematic than it was on rewatching it. <laughs> it was, it was different from what I remembered. So, uh, yeah, but, and I haven't watched it as an adult until now, even though I have the DVD. It's not, pro- it's problematic, but it's not like, um, I, I was looking online and I can't remember the name of the website, but there was a, a website that had 50 most racist movies. And this was at number eight. I don't think it's racist, though, is it? No. Song of the South was number, like, seven or something like that. Okay, this does not belong near Song of the South (laughs) at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a commentary. Like, this isn't... 
Yeah, exactly. The, I because watching it, I thought it was gonna be like I didn't. I guess I didn't understand when I was a kid. I didn't understand what they were like saying with the movie no, that yeah. they were saying. You know, it was bad, and mm-hmm. um, I also expected to hear the n word a lot. Which, uh, unless I missed something, they didn't say it at all. They said negro. Uh, yeah, but they. That's like, but not the, but not the other badder word. <laughs> negro is bad, but it's not yeah. bad enough that we aren't saying it right now you know what i mean yeah i'm not gonna say the other one so um and i only said negro because it said in the movie well and fun fact my uh i i start school this week again and my comp two class went up and one part of the reading um oh god i forget the name of the book but the word negro is in it and mm-hmm. um, it looks like the whole the whole semester is going to be about racism. So I expect to be thoroughly offended by some of uh, my peers. So that's fun, right? Okay. Yeah. Is there some racists in your class, Jen? In my in my comp one class, um, it was there were a lot of articles we had to read and write about, and um, they dealt with class and race and um, immigration. And uh, there was one guy in the discussions that was incredibly offensive and um a bunch of us complained to the teacher and she said a bunch of stuff about free speech that i can't really argue with but i feel like the i mean the guy was making a lot of people uncomfortable including a person of color so Mm. that wasn't the best experience so this one it's like i mean we're gonna be watching speeches by like malcolm x in here so yeah but free speech and all that's great but I mean, there is consequences for hate speech and stuff, so it depends how far they were going with what they were saying, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, because of that class, because of the title of that book, I've uh, and then with this podcast right now, um, only five minutes in, uh, I've now said Negro more in the last two days than I have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Again, no, it's... Again, no, it's in the movie. Yeah. We're quoting a light that's yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I it's mean, when Jack is running outside from the house and he's wearing the Spider Man pajamas mm-hmm. and all these guys just uh, assume that he's uh, causing trouble and he's got a weapon on him and he's hiding drugs because he's a black man. And then they call him that word and chase him. But so. it's, I mean, that's the worst, right? Like, I, yeah. I expected this to be a very offensive movie. And mm. I was kind of shocked when I was watching it. And it sounds like you didn't yeah. like it, but I actually enjoyed watching it. Fuck's sake. <laughs> what? Fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I find it offensive in other ways, because I think it was unfunny shite. <laughs> so um, I, I did not enjoy this movie at all. <laughs> there was one, one aspect of it that we'll get into later that I did like. Um, and I do have a positive for it, I promise. Okay. So, yeah, let's just get into the problems then. What's your first problem? The ridiculousness of, at the beginning, when Richard Pryor is riding his bike, and there's, like, all these car crashes and stuff, that's just yeah. not... Well, and I... Not only is that not comedy that, like, I find funny, although I'm sure I found it hilarious when I was a kid, but um, it also... This movie is not... I mean, considering what it's about... And everything, it's not nearly as silly as you would think. Like, I feel like that part was just a little too silly for me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some silly there's some silly moments, but yeah, yeah. Like the stuff with the German the German housekeeper and all that's kinda yeah. silly and uh she she says quite a 
offensive thing, I think, mm-hmm. later on. Um, but yeah, the my well, my first problem is that everyone is awful in this movie. <laughs> I think I think everyone's terrible in it. At one stage, I think that the kid and Jack get redeemed, but even mm-hmm. at the start, like with that scene you were talking about, where he's riding his bike, mm-hmm. he seems to just like be ignoring people because those headphones. I had a pair of those headphones. They don't fucking block out shit. Yeah. You can hear everything in those headphones. But he's supposed to not have heard anything. Like a train. A fucking train coming. Mm -hmm. He couldn't see or hear the train because he had headphones on. He's just been a fucking entitled cyclist prick. (laughs) Well, and also the idea that um, he... His house is about to be taken away, but he won't get a real job. Like, I understand following your dream as a writer or whatever, but it's like... Yeah. It's hard to sympathize with him when it's clear he's not trying to rectify the situation until the very last minute. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, before I forget, I had fun uh-huh. I had fun with my um inflation calculator. Oh nice. So I just have a few numbers for you. It's been a while. Um I've been using it, I just haven't brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh at one point, um U.S. says that he pays his um, journalists $400 a week, mm-hmm. which is $1,228.23, which, you know, not bad. That's right. He needs $10,000 uh, for his house, and that's um, a little over $30,000, so it's quite a bit of money. Yeah. And then he originally is going to pay him $2,500 a week, which is mm-hmm. um, $7,600. Oh, so, wow. Like, I'm not going to say, it gets exhausting saying the specifics, like, right down to the cent, but it's, like, it's almost 7700 And it's it's funny because it's, like, yeah, for somebody who's who has no money, like, that's a lot. Mm. But, like, dude's a millionaire, and he's buying a person, he could spend some more money. I know. Because so many of us now are, like, really into the um, idea of eating the rich, and uh, we hate people like Jeff Bezos or whatever. You know, people are constantly posting, like, what the difference is between, like, a million and a billion. Yeah. And it's fucking insane. (laughs) Thinking about how much people, even millionaires, like, how much they have and what they can do with it. Like, I just get so angry watching things like this, even though it's fiction, because I'm just like, you can spend more money than that, and it wouldn't affect you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know me, I hate rich people, so I really hate U.S. Well, you're supposed to, to be fair. But, like, I don't, I think, I get the feeling that the money is supposed to be reasonable. Mm. Like, like he's paying him, you know, such a great amount to do this, and I don't think it's that great an amount. No, no. But U.S. is a terrible person, and he's supposed to be a terrible person. Yeah. There's a joke with his name that people call him U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... And he doesn't get redeemed, really, because no, he still does that terrible thing with the with the senator, and mm-hmm. he was just going to take, uh, get him to take a photo with uh, the guy from the Ku Klux Klan. Well, we can talk about and that then later. Was, yeah, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I want I want to talk about Richard Pryor, okay? Because because this is this is to do with the, the stupid stuff at the beginning, right? And a lot of the comedy stuff that he does in this, it's like movies did not know what to do with Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, they were hiring Richard Pryor to be to be funny and just thought, well, just, you know, he's Richard Pryor, you can just, like, improv things and all that. And that doesn't always work. 
because the year after this he was in Superman 3, which isn't a Superman movie, it's a Richard Pryor movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's just Richard Pryor all the time. And he's just riffing constantly. Really? And it's like, yeah, and it's like they just didn't know what to do with him. Um, the problem was that I think Richard Pryor wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, an actor. He didn't want to, like, keep doing all these comedy roles all the time. And that's why he did um, Blue Collar with Harvey Keitel in um, 1978. That was uh, a drama movie. Um, And then he did um, a movie called Some Kind of Hero in 1982, the year before. No, same year as this, actually. And that was a drama movie about a Vietnam vet. And he wanted to to do something serious. Um, But the studio demanded that he did some comedy in it. (laughs) Because they were hiring Richard Pryor and they wanted Richard Pryor to be funny. Mm-hmm. And then he directed his own movie in 1986 called Jojo Dancer, Your Life Was Calling. And that's like a semi-biographical movie about a stand-up comedian who sets himself on fire while freebasing cocaine, which is what Richard Pryor did. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that's what that joke in Scrooge does about when mm-hmm. Bill Murray throws the water over the waiter guy and says, I thought you were Richard Pryor because the guy was on fire. He just basically gets stuck in comedies, and it's a shame. Am I remembering correctly, he did a ballet movie? A ballet movie? Like, a movie, it took place in Russia. Oh, God. What is that? No, that's that's Gregory Hines. Oh, Gregory Hines. Okay. This is, I yeah. haven't seen it since, like, the eighth grade, so I couldn't remember. And yeah, White Nights. In the, at that point, I hadn't really watched any much with either of them in it, so I probably can't No, no, them. I understand. Yeah, no, that's... Here's what I hate is that I confuse people all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Anytime I confuse two black people, Dylan's like, "Oh, you're racist." So now I, even though I know he's kidding, like I get all paranoid if I confuse two black men. I know, but I mean, you, I mean, but as a kid, people, and, com- yeah. yeah, people confuse like white people all the time. Yeah, no, there's I, like some women, women who get confused. Like you see these pictures online, it's like Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain. Yeah, things like that. And people say, is this the same person? I thought mm. they were the same person, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's this just, just like, uh, I think Dylan has made me like way too paranoid. And yeah. I, I confuse white men all the time. Yeah, uh, bad Dylan. But yeah, I, I couldn't remember who that was. I don't think I've seen very many Richard Pryor movies. No? This is the only one I can think of. Yeah, I've seen quite a few. Uh, so it's just like problem then. Um, there are a few times in the movie where it, um, speeds up. It's kind of like it's fast forwarding. That's my same problem. I hate it. I hate it. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why. I guess it's more silliness for me to not like, I don't know. Yeah, that's my problem. My same problem as well. It's like the scene where Jack is in the box and the box gets opened up Mm -hmm. and he comes out the box and the kid throws a firecracker and he climbs up the door, Mm -hmm. but it's sped up. So he goes up fast, and there's a time when he's getting eaten by piranhas, and he runs on top of the water, mm-hmm. and it's sped up. And then right at the very end, it's sped up as well, when he's running away from his own house instead of running into his house. I don't understand that. But, but yeah, I hate it. There's no there's no need for it. From what I recall from the movie that I've picked for next week, it's the opposite of that that I hate, so we'll get, okay. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. So yeah, I agree with you. That's my second right. problem too. So what's your... You know, there's a couple different lessons in the movie, like, the kid needs to stop being a little shit, Mm. but the dad is, you know, he's a neglectful father, 
Um, and he mm-hmm. needs to, to show his kid that he loves him and that he cares. So the father is redeemed in that sense. But like mm-hmm. you said before, it's like, dude has a Confederate flag in his office. Like, he's friends with the yeah. Klan. Like, there's a whole other lesson he really needs to learn in this movie. Yep. Um, well, not just that, but like, nothing seems to come of like, the fact that he fires people for really stupid reasons. Yeah. Like, there's so many lessons this guy needs to learn, and he does not learn them. And so it's not, the ending isn't very satisfying, because it's like, okay, well, now he might be nicer to his kid, but Mm -hmm. dude's still a dick. Yeah. That bit at the end where he's saying to the the kid, "Um, I love you, and the kid says, uh, I love you, dad, and then Jackie Gleason puts his hand in the kid's like cheek mm-hmm. and says, I really love you. And he says it in such an intense way, I thought he was going to snap that kid's neck. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't really buy it. <laughs> I just think that Jack Gleason was an intense dude. And apparently, um, he did kind of shout at that yeah. kid. Um, yeah. Yeah, I read that. In real life. Right. So, my third problem is a grown man telling an eight year old to jump the bones of another child is gross. Yeah. Even, even in a joke. It is gross, and the only thing that doesn't make the scene grosser is the fact that the the kid is 14 in real life, because if they'd used an actual nine-year-old, and you saw him saying that to somebody who actually looked nine years old, it would be so much worse. Yeah. But, yeah, that whole scene made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't know he was eight, eight. I didn't know he was 14 in real life. Um, I knew he was older, but I didn't realize he was 14. Yeah. But it's still gross. It's a very weird thing for a grown man to say to a nine-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, actually, this is one of the things I do like. I actually do think that the relationship between Jack and the kid is actually quite sweet. Mm-hmm. It, it turns out to be really quite sweet towards the end. And I do, I do like that, but that's not my positive. Okay. What's your positive? Um, I've been trying to figure that out. Um, I think maybe it's a half positive. Um, I love the whole storyline of him teaching the kid about publishing and then writing all the stories about his dad uh-huh. like the fact that that's the point where they finally go from the kid treating him terribly to like them being partners like not just friends uh-huh. but like partners in, in what they're doing uh-huh. and it's it's a really sweet little storyline but i just i still hate that nothing comes of their paper yeah uh, like it's just kind of like after that storyline in the movie they forget about it and i hate yeah, I hate that right away. But it's it's such a good um, storyline because it's like not only are they working together and he's teaching him stuff, but the kid is also learning how cruel his dad can be and like that you're not supposed to do that and that you're he's actually teaching him some real lessons there, some real life lessons, mm-hmm. um, and about like finding the truth and stuff. And I yeah. almost wish the whole movie had been just about those two and and doing their little paper yeah because it was it was really fun to watch that part yeah that's the stuff i like but still wasn't my positive <laughs> what's your positive um <laughs> uh, the opening credits because <laughs> um because they have the names the credits on building blocks mm-hmm. and i like that i think that's really cute so yeah the, like work actual work was done yeah. On on those opening credits. It was not just like, you know, someone typing up words on a computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's actual someone made those blocks with the names on it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. 
uh, and I wrote that down as my positive straight away <laughs> when I was watching the movie because I didn't think I would actually have a positive in the movie. Uh, but I would have said like the relationship between the kids and Jack towards the end mm. of the movie at least because like at first they're kind of well they're at each other's throats quite a lot but like the, the scene with the bath confused me mm-hmm. because he seems to win the kid over there and he seems to really like the child at that point in time and in the next scene they're abusing each other again yeah it's kind of up and down quite a lot and it's like just have it up like, bad, 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 and then down. Not bad, mm. up, bad, up, down, yeah, blah, 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 what I'm trying to say, I don't know. Um, It just didn't work. That didn't work. But I did, like, when they finally become friends, I thought that was cute. I did think they had Jack storming out maybe one too many times. It happens a lot. Yeah. And um, there's a certain point where it's like, just just leave. <laughs> like, it's he's, he's trying to leave too many times. I know. Although it does... Considering the situation, the fact that this family has, like, bought this black man, it's, like, I do love that it's pushed how degrading he finds it and that it's acknowledged. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not something that's accepted very easily or very quickly, mm-hmm. which is what I was afraid was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be the kind of thing where he, um, it's like, oh, this is wrong, and then is immediately accepted. Yeah, because even some of the white characters find it like strange right, right away when the kid says i want him there's a bunch of white men and they're all like uh no you can't do that mm-hmm. that's that's wrong he's a person you can't buy a person um they don't say anything like you can't buy a black man because of you know racism mm-hmm. richard Pryor brings that up but yeah the, this, the white people actually say no you can't that's wrong mm-hmm. because this kid gets everything that he wants oh another positive is i just like the whole thing with the wonder wheel really yeah i liked it okay I, uh, I, I liked that part. Mm. I guess you didn't. I just thought it was lazy. I just I know you've not seen a lot of Richard Pryor stuff, but that's that is not what his talent where his talents lie. You know mm. what I mean? It's just kinda like a lot of it's beneath him that kind of stuff. A lot of what made me laugh was how he was talking to the Wonder Wheel. Yeah. yeah. Like that amused me. Especially there's a lot of stuff he says to it at the end when like everybody's coming over to him and everything and and like and like when he asks if he can have a good burial and stuff i don't know for some reason that just really got me fair enough yeah a lot of the comedy just didn't work for me uh if i'm being honest the the, the wonder wheel stuff wasn't like that bad but a lot of it was just so fucking like how many times like you said how many times is jack going to walk away right mm-hmm. but then how many times is the kid going to pour something in jack's head yeah or you know stop him from eating food and crashing his food off the you know it's 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 just lazy just do some more character work rather than just we think this is funny and richard Pryor's going to pull a funny face because he's aggravated and then he's going to storm out because it's hilarious i didn't i didn't gel with this movie at all <laughs> Jen. um but the opening credits are great. They are. <laughs> can, can we talk for a second about uh, U.S.'s uh, thing with women? Mm. That he is, like, threatening to send his wife to a hospital in Colorado. Yeah. And it turns out he had sent his uh, second wife there. And there's no mention of, of the kid's mom at all. But, like, this man, when, when women aren't behaving the way he wants, he sends them away to a loony bin? Mm-hmm. That freaked me out a little. Yeah, exactly. He's an arsehole. But then the kid is nine. So, like, how many women has he had in nine years? I mean, we're assuming the second, if the second wife isn't 
the mother of Eric. Because mm-hmm. Eric doesn't seem too bothered about his mother being in a loony bin. So it must be the first wife. It's never mentioned. So he this is his third wife in, in nine years. And he's been married to... Married to... What's her name? Fancy. Fancy. Married to Fancy for um a few years now, I think. Yeah, okay. I've got a lot. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Okay. Scott Schwartz, Schwartz, the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Christmas Story the year after this. Mm-hmm. Then in the nineties, he started working in adult movies behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But then in nineteen ninety six, he actually performed in an adult movie called Scotty's X Rated Adventure, <laughs> um, and that was the only time he, he performed in one. And then he quit that role. And then um, got back into like serious acting, and then he was in um, a Christmas Story Christmas, reprising his role from the original movie last year. So he was only actually in one adult film, just one. It's... Yeah, he was working behind the scenes and stuff. Okay. Up, but then yeah, he did one. It's so funny because like for years, you know, there've been stories about him and everything, and people always say, "Oh, you know that kid from Christmas Story? He's he's a porn star, but it, just one." Mm-hmm. Everybody exaggerates and makes it sound like he did yeah. a whole lot more. I think he did more roles, but non-sex roles. Okay. Um, but he only did one. He had one sex scene in one movie, and that was it. Okay. Yeah. I've written down Chekhov's dominoes. <laughs> Those fucking dominoes. And the line that the German woman says to Richard Pryor is, are you brown all over? It's quite a strange thing to say. To yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she was very inappropriate. Yeah. I think the names in this movie are kinda on on the nose, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got Jack Brown and he's a black man, right? Mm-hmm. Um then you've got um US and people keep calling him US. But then because his name is Bates, um people call the kid Master Bates. Mm-hmm. And that you know that that name was just there. They just come up with that name for the the, the family because of that joke. Yeah, so it was Richard Pryor says a weird thing <laughs> um, when Ned Beatty's at his door because he says, uh, me and my wife are about to make love. You can join us <laughs> if you want. Um, and if the rumours were true, which apparently they were, that Richard Pryor was actually bisexual and he had an affair with Marlon Brando. I forgot about that. Yeah. And looked it up and Richard Pryor's widow confirmed it that, yeah, the seventies and drugs were a big thing, and Richard Pryor would fuck anything. Right. So yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> Good for him. I think he was at a rally, like a a gay rally or something, and he did. He admitted that he sucked dick. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Richard Donner's in this movie. Where is he? He's the guy who phones the phones the police. He walks past and says evening, and then he phones the police. Okay, Sam Richard Donner. Right. Oh, Fancy says uh, that US got her new boobs. <laughs> and if those were fake boobs back in um, 1982, those are that's an amazing job. I know. I was thinking the same thing because they did not look fake. Those are real breasts. So they just hired a woman with big breasts and then just said that she had big Yeah, I was, I'm was. i glad you pointed that out because I was thinking the same thing because they, they didn't do that good a job back then. No, no. Like back then, fake breasts would have been like just soccer balls just like sort of yeah planted to each side mm-hmm. and like horrible yeah Blech. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any trivia jen because we're running short as usual no 
You said everything I knew. So. <laughs> Okie dokie. Right, well, I didn't like this movie, but I, I, I didn't hate it. And I did think that, like you, it was going to be worse than it actually is. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's, it's a social commentary. It's not like, it doesn't agree with US. It doesn't say that US mm-hmm. is right, but it also doesn't punish US. Yeah. Yeah, and they're also saying uh, US is racist. Mm-hmm. United States is racist. Yeah. Which is kind of on the nose as well. I love it, though. <laughs> I What I've learned in watching more 80s movies and stuff with you is that while there was a lot of racism and homophobia and stuff in the 80s, you can see, like, with something like this, you know, making, making the statement it is, that they were heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they would offend you a little while they were doing it, but... But things were heading in the right direction, and then it's just like, I don't know what happened to change things, mm-hmm. but at some point things shifted, and you get into the whole, like, like in the political correctness or whatever of the 90s, like, the, the whole thing was, we don't talk about these things, right? Like, things yeah. in the 80s really were not that offensive, for the most part, um, in comparison mm-hmm. to, like, the 90s or the 2000s, but it was like, people also weren't trying to say much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, true. they just, they weren't. They weren't trying to say, they weren't trying to do anything progressive. They, like, you know, one of the big things I think of is the fact that Friends was existed and they never talked about any issues except for maybe, um, homosexuality a little. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they didn't even really address homophobia a whole lot and the show was transphobic. But then maybe sort of not as, I mean, it wasn't as offensive at the time as far as the transphobia goes. Mm-hmm. And like, they had the characters date black woman twice and mm-hmm. it's good they didn't turn it into a race thing but then it's also like they didn't acknowledge it like shows just ignored that race was an issue i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no but it just feels like in the 80s they were starting to talk about things like this they were like with this movie yeah. they're starting to talk about it in the 90s we were like let's not talk about the bad things yeah no that's that's true but i like, I like the fact that in friends it's not a big deal that they're dating person of color yeah um and and uh i mean i'm glad they're not making a big deal of it but it's also the show doesn't acknowledge that race exists at all yeah meaning meaning mostly that it's almost entirely white people yeah no absolutely it is yeah although i do like the episode of seinfeld where uh uh, elaine thinks she's dating a black man nay and she's dating she's clearly dating him because he's black and so she can look progressive oh christ yeah we didn't i i can't think of a ton of movies like the toy <laughs> you know where we were really making any sort of commentary oh there's there's some there's some i mean soul man apparently does that but it's a terrible premise yeah, and neither of us have seen it um anyway next week jen i have decided we are going to do a sylvester stallone movie since we talked about that last week. And we're going to do Cliffhanger from 1993. Okay. I will say it's kind of long-ish. It's almost two hours long. It's like an hour 50 maybe. So just warning you of that just now. Cliffhanger 1993. Stands Fist, directed by Rennie Harlan. And my friend Lee will be happy about that. That's all we have time for. Uh, Jen stunned in silence. Uh, No, actually I was... I. uh, (laughs) I was seeing if it was available to me, and then it just started playing. So I was trying to get it to stop playing. <laughs> so it is right. definitely available to me. Well, because it said Hulu, and sometimes on Hulu, it'll turn out that it's only available um, if you have like TV through Hulu, and it'll be like, you have to watch it when it airs. All right. 
or it's available through FX now through Hulu. And I don't have FX yeah. now is maybe like one of the only streaming services I don't have. Do you have Apple TV? Yes, I do. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the ones I've watched most recently. Just when you, just whenever I think I don't need a certain service because I don't watch it enough, mm-hmm. that's when I end up watching it. So there's a lot of interesting things happening on Apple TV, and I'm like, I, I, I don't want another service. Have you watched really... Severance? And uh, no, I want to though. But there's really just, good. yeah, I've heard that. But it's just, I don't think that your app like is available here. I think okay. you have to like buy an Apple TV box or something like that kind of thing. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter. Um, <laughs> at Shifty B is my Twitter. I'm also on uh, Mastodon. Um, I I now back down to just one one follower on Mastodon. <laughs> Because the other person was a bot, and they get they get shunted off. So, uh, which is good. Shiftybest.co.uk is the website. Contact Shiftybest.co.uk is email address. Please email us. Um, where can people follow you on the interwebs, Jen? I am at Pilot Inspector on or Pilot Inspectors <laughs> at Elon Musk's Twitter, and um, I think I actually tweeted the other day. <gasps> I need. Well, I. I keep saying I'm going to get on social media more and then I just never do it. And of course, like, now do I really want to get on Twitter? Yeah. You should join Mastodon. I should. So, just so I can have another follower. <laughs> oh, so you're just recommending it for selfish reasons. Yeah. A lot of the, like, a lot of the things I follow on Twitter, like, magazines and stuff, uh, like, Empire and stuff, they don't, mm-hmm. they're not on Mastodon. I'm following BBC News, Stephen Fry and, uh, Neil Gaiman. That's about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next day. Bye. Goodbye.